Hello, friends. I'll do it. <laughs> Since Jared Cornett couldn't join us today, it is just Jay Allen, the Sasquatch himself, and Matt, the red-bearded dragon, I believe is what Cornett called me last week. But uh, we are back today. We're glad you are here. First of all, Alan, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, good to be back. Uh, good to be referred to as a Sasquatch for the second day in a row. Uh, I'd almost forgotten that was part of my identity. <laughs> yeah, but you saved a cat. That was kind of cool. I guess. You nearly uh, died, but it, it, it bit me. And so I'm not sure if I like the cat or not. It has the saddest eyes I've ever seen in my life. Uh, like Puss in Boots has nothing on this cat. Yeah. Uh, it is the most pitiful looking thing I've ever seen. Yeah. But while you were under that crawl space, you also saw a black widow, as I recall. That was That was fun and encouraging, I'm sure. Uh, I was very thankful there were some bricks underneath the house so that I could uh, Sasquatch squatch the uh, yeah. Black Widow next to my face. That was fun. Not really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, things are well in Mayhill. Uh, we've been getting a lot of rain. Uh, so this area gets every year what is called the monsoon season, uh, which is their way of saying it rains every day. And every afternoon, usually, you know, a couple inches come through, cools everything off. And, but that normally happens like later July, but it came very early. And so this week, like the high all week has been 63 degrees and it's been absolutely wonderful. Like I've, I've had more energy. Everything's just been great because the heat hasn't sapped me because this area can, it's not supposed to get hot, but this, the, the week that we came back from the SBC meeting, our high that week was like 96 and that doesn't happen. It actually was a record each day. We set a heat record that week and uh, it felt like it and it was just sapping my energy and uh, but this week I just feel like a new man there's rain like everything's green and up the birds are out all that kind of stuff it's just a beautiful place to be right now what what's the temp there uh, where you're at I don't know it's hot uh, <laughs> I, I had I used to live in western North Carolina and uh, Hope and I were coming out of the store the other day and I said why do people live here again because it was always so nice and cool in the mountains yeah. Uh, and down here, it, it doesn't get as hot as it gets for Cornut down there in Texas, uh, but we have terrible humidity here. Uh, and so being being close to the coast and having water everywhere, it's always really, really humid. So even if it's 85 outside the heat index, a lot of times it's upper 90s or well over 100 uh, here when it's always high in the summertime. Yeah. Well, a uh, brief note of Southern Baptist news. Last week, I think like everybody in their dog began a new ministry. You have Hans Dilbeck is now at the helm at Guidestone. Uh, you've got Nathan Lork, who is now officially assumed the role there at the SBTC. And I believe you just got to hang out with Todd and Ashley Unzicker, maybe y'all's family too, uh, there in North Carolina, because he is at the helm there at the North Carolina. Uh, Baptist Convention. And so a lot of great things happening in some of those areas. But with it being summer, and with Sunday being the 4th of July, we're going to talk about two things. One is patriotism and worship services. You know, how do you honor uh, God while also maybe honoring uh, the country? You know, how do you handle that in churches? And every church is going to be a little bit different. Also, perhaps a little bit about uh, summer mission camps. You know, during summer, you've got churches that are doing vacation Bible school. You've got all of that kind of stuff. Uh, but occasionally, churches are going to go on a mission trip. And uh, so we're going to discuss that. And then cookouts, uh, which are to be noted to be different than just a barbecue. 
so we will discuss that as well. So Jay Allen, first and foremost, uh, what was the service like at uh, Centerville on Sunday? Well, it's the Lord's Day. Uh, that, that's always going to be my priority on Sunday, whether it's Sunday falls on the 4th of July or doesn't fall on the 4th of July. It's always Lord's Day. Uh, he always has primacy in worship. Um, our, our folks here at Centerville are pretty patriotic folks. They love their country, uh, but they also love the Lord. Uh, we spent time in prayer for our country, which is something we routinely do. We have a prayer meeting, corporate prayer meeting we have uh, at least once a month on Sunday nights. And of course, we, we pray every time we gather and we always pray for our elected officials uh, from the highest office in the land all the way down to our uh, local county commissioners, sheriff, first responders, that kind of thing. Uh, so time in prayer, but also a time of celebrating independence at 12 o'clock, right after service, having uh, a cookout. Um, we have a, a bunch of hamburgers and hot dogs, that kind of thing, grilled and just a, a good time spent. And then typically what we do here at Centerville is if we have a holiday, uh, some of them are Hallmark holidays, some of them are biblical holidays, um, like the Lord's Day uh, is really the only biblical holiday. Even Christmas and Easter aren't in the Bible prescribed holidays. But uh, no Sunday evening service, so time with family. If they have other cookout events, they're going to agree. But also, first and foremost, keeping the Lord honored. Yeah. So very similar here uh, for for us. And, and of course, this, this Sunday is weird. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, the holidays may happen in the middle of the week. And so sometimes the question is, do you do it the week before, the week after, you know, some of that kind of stuff. Uh, and our church is very patriotic, sounds very similar to, to yours, uh, but have understood kind of our call to build our services around, you know, praise, preaching, and prayer. And, uh, and so we're going to sing, we're going to, you know, obviously praise the Lord, we're going to give, we're going to preach the word, we're going to pray, all of that kind of stuff in the quote-unquote main event. Now, what we may do in an announcement time or after the service, something like that, that's usually when we will highlight something like moms on mom's day or dads on father's day, you know, even grandparents day, whatever it may be. And certainly when it comes to a holiday, when it lands on that day, uh, it, it can be interesting in a tricky place to navigate for pastors, depending upon how, how long they've been at their church, uh, maybe how different they might be from the church that's there. And, uh, and so for us, uh, when I came in, I found out after the fact um, that the patriotic holidays, whatever they may be, Memorial Day, Veterans Day, Flag Day, all of them, any patriotic holiday was the entire service for us. And then I came and that was just foreign to me. I hadn't been in a church that did that. And nobody let me know that this is kind of the expectation here. And so I would have led us to this point. <laughs> but on that day, uh, we didn't do anything. And, and I found out that I deeply grieved a number of people right out of the the gate because I'd only been here a couple of weeks at that point. And, uh, and so what we did has, that's been a great kind of middle ground for us is we've used either before or after the service as kind of that chance to celebrate. And so in the service, you know, maybe on a, uh, Memorial day or veterans day or, or independence day, if there's a, uh, you know, an illustration that I could use that may have a little bit of that flair to it, I might throw that in there. Certainly during the announcement time, we'll, We'll honor veterans or remember the fallen and, and certainly thank God for our freedoms. That's something we really do every week anyway. Uh, but what we try to do is pivot all of that stuff uh, in terms of the actual celebration of it to after the service or before the service. We've done breakfast. Uh, this past Sunday, we did a 
uh, and you'll love this and everybody on this podcast will love this because we did a 4th of July potluck. And, uh, and so everybody brought a dish. Uh, and of course, a few people brought uh, veggie trays, uh, but we had a good time celebrating freedom. And, and, you know, we usually do music, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but, but for us, it's kind of the same thing. Uh, we're there to worship Christ and uh, we can still worship Christ and be thankful for our country by all means. Uh, just as we can for our moms and dads and the other stuff that we would do on those holidays. But ultimately, when it takes away from who we are there to worship, that's when it becomes a problem. And uh, and so I think y'all do well. And uh, and uh, I like what we do as kind of a happy medium for, for our folks. They love it, uh, especially our veterans. Uh, they really uh, appreciate kind of how we do it because they always felt uncomfortable in a worship service having to stand up and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, it, it has been a good middle ground for us. Now, if you're a pastor and, uh, you realize that, you know, 4th of July obviously has already passed and, uh, you're coming up to the next holiday and maybe this one got you in a little bit of hot water, uh, you've got between now and the next holiday to maybe lead your people to that because it is a matter of discipleship as well. And another side of discipleship, of course, is evangelism. And one thing that happens on a lot of mission trips is evangelism. Uh, when I was growing up, did uh, summer youth uh, choir mission trips. We went all over the place. Uh, Washington, D.C., Indianapolis, the Navajo Nation, a bunch of different areas. And we would sing. We would do backyard Bible clubs. We'd do some you know, door-to-door witnessing and so forth. Previous churches I uh, served at, we would go to maybe a church plant that we're supporting and go help them with something. Uh, but the summer is not only Vacation Bible School, a number of churches will do some missions. Uh, Alan, what do y'all do at uh, Centerville or maybe what what prompted this idea to d- discuss? Yeah, so uh, short-term summer mission trips have uh, been a part of my life since I was 15. Uh, I went on my very first one was a World Changers trip, which of course is uh, part of Southern Baptist history and um, it changed my life. It really did. As 15-year-old learning about missions and uh, doing evangelism and service projects as well. Uh, for, for Centerville, uh, in the past, there's been some different trips that have been taken. I'm actually getting ready to go here in a couple of weeks to um, my very first international mission trip. I've done a bunch of domestic stuff. I've done a bunch of stuff with Baptist men that I've talked about on here before. I've done uh, short-term trips. Um with disaster relief, but also other things in, in Buffalo, New York, New York City, things like that. So I'm, I'm going to El Salvador in a couple of weeks. I was actually looking at my packing list that I got uh, in my email today, trying to plan out my driving and all of that for where we're flying out of. Um, and part of my going here is to try to establish a, a long-term partnership. Uh, it's easy. Uh, there are tons of different mission opportunities that are out there. And you could go a different place every single year uh, if you wanted to in our country or around the world. But what I'm hoping to do is establish a long-term partnership uh, where you go and you're not just meeting these people once, but you're, you're seeing them once or twice a year. Uh, different people building relationships, building trust uh, with the, the Christians that are there. If you're going to a place that is uh, relatively reached, uh, which is often the case with short-term mission trips, sometimes they're unreached places. Uh, or you're going to support staff with IMB, things like that, that are reaching unreached places and, and getting to know those people. Uh, but ideally to me, it is it is just that. It is a mission trip. Uh, you know, I've, I've expressed it several times. Um, when I served as a summer missionary for three summers, um, we would lead mission trips. Youth groups would come in, and we would lead them on those trips to evangelize the island uh, that I was serving at. 
and sometimes we'd get folks that came in that thought, okay, well, this is, this is a beach. Um, and so what this really is, is this is just a vacation uh, that our church has paid for, and we're at the beach, and we're going to have fun at the beach, and Jesus is not really a priority. And uh, these short-term mission trips should never be that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having uh, fun and sightseeing and doing those kinds of things. You know, you're going to a different place you've never been to before, even if that's domestically. Uh, but the whole point is not to go and, and just have a good photo op, but to, to serve believers that are there and, and share the gospel with others. Uh, and it's a great time to do it. There's, there's a ton of great opportunities to do that. Um, even through the mission boards, uh, you can work and partner that, partner with other churches. Uh, for us at Centerville, we're not the biggest church in the world. Uh, we're not the biggest church in the county uh, by any means. And I know many times for smaller churches, normative sized churches, I think would be the better language there. We think, well, my church only has 75 people. How can we go on a mission trip? Do what we're doing. Partner with another church. Um, I'm going through First Baptist Eichard, which is a church on the other side of our state. So I just encourage you, it doesn't matter how big your church is, how small your church is, uh, how much money you have or don't have. It's always a possibility if you pray about it, uh, put in the work, God will provide the means and you can always partner with somebody else. Yeah. For sure. Ours was a little more geared and it, it was a larger church. So we, we kind of had the, the funds to pull that kind of stuff off with tour buses, that kind of deal, uh, or at least charter buses. I guess you wouldn't call them a tour bus. Uh, it sounds a little more highfalutin, but we did, would have the uh, little charter bus and go where, wherever it was. And uh, it really impacted a number of our folks and, and really did help uh, to, to go back to our chat with uh, Brother Chipwood and, and, of course, Ronnie's heart to call out the, the called. And uh, sometimes you get on one of those mission trips and it's easy. A lot of people can make fun of them as they're just photo ops, that kind of deal. But sometimes they can light a fire in somebody for missions that, that ends up taking them across the world to, to do for a lifetime and cer or, or certainly more time. And uh, so it's a great opportunity for folks. Now, one of your favorite things in the world, uh, Alan, is when somebody uh, is cooking hamburgers, cooking hot dogs, and says, hey, come over to my barbecue. Uh, and uh, so summer is a time when people are going to go and have what is called a cookout where they're grilling hamburgers, hot dogs, all that good stuff. And both are great. Do a barbecue. That's wonderful. Do a cookout. That's wonderful. But uh, as summer continues on, and, and of course, we just had July 4th, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on a, a good cookout? What needs to be there? What, what makes a good cookout? I just want to say, since Jared Cornett's not here, that I think he's of the persuasion of calling hamburgers and hot dogs a barbecue. Uh, since he's not here to defend himself, <laughs> I'm going to make that statement. Uh, no, a, a good char uh, good charcoal is where a good cookout begins. Um, yeah. A lot of folks love gas, and, and I use gas, but uh, I'm, I'm sorry to um, Hank Hill in all of his fictional glory. Uh, but charcoal is the way to have a good cookout. I, I try to use the grill as much as possible during the summertime. Um, whether that's a big group of people coming over and, and we're grilling chicken or hamburgers, hot dogs, sausage, uh, corn. One of my favorite things in the world to do during the summertime is to get fresh corn. As a matter of fact, I had a big bag given to me this past week uh, by somebody from our community that live here anymore. He still grows three acres of sweet corn and brings it up to the community to give it out to a lot of people. It's the best corn I've ever had in my life. Uh, no exaggeration. It was just phenomenal. I ate a year of it raw, but I love to put uh, corn on the grill. Fresh vegetables are coming in, uh, zucchini, squash, eggplants, um, 
I mean, if, if, if you can eat it, you can throw it on the grill. Um, I'm, I'm a big, big proponent of that. Uh, if sometimes we recommend different preachers or theologians, uh, in this world. And I, I would recommend a man who is not a theologian or a preacher of the gospel, but a preacher of the grill. And that's Steve Racklin. Uh, if you've ever heard of the barbecue Bible, Steve Racklin, his grilling methods are phenomenal. So whatever you got, throw it on there. If it is a Boston butt or a brisket or a whole turkey or something that is going to take longer than basically an hour, hour and a half to cook, uh, chances are it's not going to be at the cookout. Uh, chances are that is going to be barbecue. Not a barbecue, but it is going to be barbecue. Yeah. Uh, all good stuff there. Well, uh, speaking of, there was a take on the Twitterverse. I don't know if you got to see this. It was in the trending, uh, I, I guess, tweets for a little while. A Josh Barrow, Barrow something. I don't know who he is, but he had a take. Let me read you his take that got absolutely ratioed, as we say. Only 3,604 likes, while 8,511 basically eviscerated him. Uh, this is what it said. Your grill is filthy, has poor temperature control, and for some idiot reason has the heating element below the food so fat drips into it and catches fire. There's a better way to cook in your kitchen. Jay Allen, taking off maybe your pastor hat for a moment, if you were to wade into the Twitterverse thread on there, how would you reply to, uh, to Josh Barrow? His taste buds are broken. <laughs> uh, yes. I, I, I mean, honestly, it's it, that that's not um, that, that's just not objective truth. Um, you know, I, I grilled some squash the other day and some fresh uh, red drum that I had caught, and I intentionally controlled the heat on my grill by lifting the charcoal up closer to the grate to make it warm so that I could get a good sear on the fish and char, not burn, but intentionally char the squash because it's a wonderful flavor. Um, and so that's just nonsense. Um, the, the kitchen is more efficient for a lot of things. Um, is baking a cake in the oven more efficient? Absolutely. Uh, is cooking a peach cobbler on the grill because you want a slight smoky taste about it, uh, is, is it reasonable? I don't know. Is it delicious? Absolutely. Um, we, we pray for people like that and hope they don't get struck by lightning. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, that was a good take. That would not fit in 240 characters or whatever we're given. But uh, I do agree with you. That was a very terrible take. Uh, but what he's grilling, or at least the picture of the grill that he took from, uh, uh, I don't know where it came from. Uh, it looks really good. Now I'm really hungry. And it's 10:15 here. And I think I'm going to go get a cheeseburger at the Mayhill Cafe because that just, it sounds good right now. Uh, but why don't you send us out? Because I don't always remember exactly what hello, friends, uh, Roll Tide Cornet <laughs> likes to say. Well, friends, we are glad that you joined us at the Potluck Podcast uh, Cookout Edition today. Uh, we hope that you've had your fill and you've had your full and that you will come back same Baptist time, same Baptist hour. Stay Baptist, my friends. There it is.